Welcome to episode 50 of the Collector's Quest podcast. We're back. I know we've had a little bit of break, but we couldn't have come back at a better time. It's Halloween. Hopefully all of you are listening to on or about Halloween. And if not, I hope your Halloween was great. Anyways, today we talk the Portland Retro Gaming Expo. We talk some Wii games. And most important, we talk to Halita Kaz, who is a cosplayer. Since Kat and I aren't cosplayers, we brought in someone who was to kind of inform us and just have a conversation and really it's halloween let's talk costumes that's the best right or cosplay depending on uh, what your preference is there no uh, no pick of the week for this episode just be checking out halloween gaming 2016 and stone age halloween because there's a lot of great halloween pictures for you to see there okay guys stay tuned another episode of collector's quest i'm cat here with johnny yo cat hello <laughs> i was gonna say this is a definitely different way for you to open this yeah you know i i was changing it up i didn't love that but okay we'll, we'll keep it i'm not happy with it but yo okay. is how i typically like respond to a text message except this really super annoying thing happens and i don't know why my iphone doesn't know this or apple in general but I'll type yo, and I'm doing it really quick, so I'm hinter- hitting enter, you know, fast. Yes. And it always autocorrects to two. Like, <laughs> who the fuck would just send T-O? Come on. Of course I meant yo. Yo is a word. Wait, how is this not in the information system of the phone, wherever it draws, you know, any of its word application from and applies it, like, as a... Here, here, we've constructed language, and here, let me fix that, because that seems wrong, and the syntax isn't quite right here. You can do all that shit, but you don't know what yo is? Come on. Come We're on. starting with a rant today. Yeah, all the time. And my friend's really good one is, uh, every time he texts me, and we work together, he's like, are you ready for lunch? Lunch. And it never autocorrects to lunch. Because really? he's typed it enough times where it thinks lumpsh is a word. Oh, no. That's, that is annoying. Yeah. So, yeah. I I, I laugh all the time when I get, you want to go to lumpsh? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I really want some lumpsh right now. That sounds great. Lumpsh is a really unattractive, unappetizing word. Yeah. No, I have to agree with that. Yeah. Oh, you want some lumpsh? Ew. No. Is that a venereal disease? I don't want lumpsh. Oh, okay. You just had to go there, didn't you? I did. It sounds. It sounds like. I-, I wouldn't say it sounds scabby. It sounds more oozy. You know. Okay, lump- moving on. <laughs> you don't want to. Don't want to talk about lumps anymore. I don't want to envision anything. I don't want to think about it. We're, we're moving right along. Oh come on. I'm oh, fine. This is the point in the show where I'm wrangling in Johnny. You're reeling me in. All right. <laughs> yeah. I've been reeled. Move, move me on. Okay, so you did something exciting since we last recorded, and what was that? I bought a bunch of... Well, no. That's not the exciting thing. I went to no. Portland, <laughs> where I bought ha- a bunch of games. 
Okay, well, we kind of figured that would probably go hand in hand. So, how was it? Did you have a good time? It was it was the worst. Oh no! No, I'm kidding. It was awesome. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad it wasn't a wasted trip then. No, no. Uh, like I got into Portland super cheap. This I spent so little money that it was ridiculous. I spent a hundred dollars on a round trip plane ticket. So hard to hard to argue with that. And then. I I split uh, a house with someone, like an Airbnb, so I didn't even have to stay in like, a crappy hotel. Oh, and nice. That was $270 split in half, so 135 bucks. So for $235, I flew to Portland and had a place to stay for two days. That's amazing. That's so cheap. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not 135 a night. That's 135 total out the door for me. So 235 round trip complete stay and then we were about a mile and a half two miles from the convention center so we just ubered down and it was like six or seven dollars a trip you know so then that you're splitting that in half so it was like seven dollars round trip to the convention and back yeah it was great well that's good so does that mean that there was even more money for buying games and you bought extra or did you kind of still stick to a preset buying Limit, if you will. Um, I went over my buying limit, and I was trying to be conservative because I had another purchase, which we can talk about later, that I was maybe trying to decide if I was going to do. So I was trying to be conservative, and my conservative was like, I want to spend $400 or $500. Okay. And it wound up being 6 so that's not so bad. Well, um, that's not terrible. And so, you know... Overall, the whole trip cost me less than $1,000, which my wife assumed I would spend that much on video games. And I know to some people that probably sounds like, you spent how much on games? And at this point, it's actually, that's kind of impressive. So what was I buying? Because I, I almost have everything I want. So what did I even spend that money on? I'm curious to know that. I mean, I know there's a few things you're after, but um, I'm curious to know where it went. Um, I... Well, do we want to talk about that now, or do we want to talk about that, what I bought? Well, we'll talk about this now, and I'll, we'll talk about a different buy. Yeah, I figure you've got something else for later, so you might as yeah. well put this with the expo. Okay, yeah. Well, I bought, the the best thing I bought was um, a 32X system, which I have, but this is the Doom system, and it was a completely mint box and beautiful, and it came with the Doom NFR and everything. Uh, so I bought that, and I don't have it yet, uh, but it was from a vendor who's also going to be at the SoCal Retro Gaming Expo happening in Ontario this February, which you guys should come check out because I'll be there. Um, anyway, so the, one of the vendors who's going to be at that said he would take it home with him and uh, bring it to me at the show since I didn't have, so I didn't have to try and figure out how to ship it. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, so that was like $130, and I got a Parasol Stars for the Turbo Graphics because if you don't know this, I have an you know, a real soft spot for bubble bobble. Okay. Yeah. Like an extreme soft spot. And, um, anyways, it's, that's bubble bobble three. I don't know if you know the story of bubble bobble or how it applies to rainbow islands or parasol stars. Yeah. Loosely. Okay. Well, for those who don't, we'll assume there's a few people listening who don't. Okay. So bub and Bob are, are bubble dragons, right? And they go around and they shoot their bubbles and they're, off to rescue their girlfriends, right? Who are also bubble dragons. But what you find out in Rainbow Island, um, which is the actual Bubble Bobble 2, Bubble Bobble 2 is just a game they made for Nintendo. Um, 
Bubble Bobble 2 is actually Rainbow Island, and you might say, that's weird, because the guys in Rainbow Island, uh, those are, are like humans. So what's going on there? Bob and Bob have reverted from their bubble dragon form and have come back to our realm and are now in their human form, again, rescuing their girlfriends. <laughs> that's right. They transform from bubble dragons and then in Parasol Stars, they're also in their human form. I don't know the story to that because I've never actually played Parasol Stars. There's a PAL version of it on the NES, but I got this one for the Turbo Graphics. So anyways, yeah, I was really pumped up about that one. That's one I'm excited about. Uh, so definitely a good addition to something you wanted to have. Yes. Um, I bought a couple of PlayStation 2 games to fill in the collection. Um, some got some deals there. I bought Strawberry Shortcake, Four Seasons Cake. Um, oh my God, can we just for... talk about how good Strawberry Shortcake dolls smell? Yeah, amazing, right? <laughs> like whoever hasn't oh. smelled a Strawberry Shortcake doll, go do it. Like the blueberry one, amazing. Okay, I'm sorry to interject there. I know that's totally funny, but John hates how they smell, so I was just curious. I Like, am I the only person that thinks they no, smell good? They smell like candy. Exactly. Yeah, I love candy. It's the best. Yeah, okay, anyways. Good. So Continue. I, I, yeah, I bought strawberry shortcake because, you know, I do what I want. I thought it was funny and it was like $5, so I was like, all right, yeah, I'll buy that. It's for the DS. So, you know, I just picked up some weird stuff. And then I found a really, and this is where I went over, um, I found a really great deal on a bunch of Game Boy games. A guy was selling them for maybe a third or sometimes half of what they were worth, like box complete original Game Boy stuff, which I don't even really want that much, but it was just such a good deal. I was like, it's such a good deal. I can't leave these here. And then I bought them. <laughs> You just couldn't, like, there was no parting. It, it had to be. Yeah, like, I want a, bub uh, a bubble. I want a Game Boy collection, um, but I don't need it to be great, you know? Okay. Uh, I just want, like, a few curated games. Um, and there wasn't really any in that lot that were, but there was some good ones. And right. I, I couldn't, you know, like I said, their, their value was too good to pass up. Okay, well, that's always a good reason to buy. Yeah. Anyways, we've talked enough about my buying and stuff. How was your week? Anything interesting there? Or you got? Shall we move on? Or yeah, I my week has not been that interesting compared to yours. So nothing that anybody's going to miss not hearing about. Okay. Oh, I will say. I'm sorry. I'm going to interject. I'm going to say one thing. Yeah, the expo was awesome. It was super good to to meet everyone. Uh, I roomed with Archon Turtle, uh, who I met for the first time at the last show. Totally cool guy. Got to see the BGDB, Sabotage, a lot of the usual suspects, uh, Damn It Steve, a lot of the vendors that I see from the SoCal show and stuff, a lot of, a lot of good collectors, got to meet a bunch of people, Instacritic was there, Lord Sega I got to meet officially, and um, Cetro Re Sega Retro Revival, yeah, there was just like a ton of people there, so it was, that was a really good event. And uh, Awesome. Yeah, so what's going on on the show today? What are we doing today, Kat? Well, today we have a really um, interesting guest. It's somebody I'm really excited to talk about because it kind of uh, overlaps a little bit into my field in terms of creating and designing and things like that. Um, and something I don't know a whole lot about. So um, I think it's going to be a good episode and I think uh, our guest is going to have some awesome things to tell us. Yeah, it also overlaps, interlaps, interlaps isn't a thing. Uh, it overlaps with what I saw at the convention. It's cosplay. And I want to say... Portland Retro Gaming Expo. Your cosplay was weak sauce. 
Aww. they were not bringing it, you know, and fortunately our guest is bringing it. Her cosplays are pretty awesome and she, she does cosplay for games. And I know a lot of our, our listeners, uh, they cross over, right? Collector's Quest is about all aspects of collecting, and a lot of collectors enjoy cosplay, and it's coming out on Halloween, guys, so what better topic to talk about than this? Exactly. All right, so let's talk to her. And we have Holly here with us now. Holly, thanks so much for joining us. I'm so excited to hear about your process and all about everything that you do. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks it's for coming a- on. Oh, sorry. Thank you. Trampling over. No, fine. It's fine. <laughs> you can just cut Johnny off as needed. He might get off on a little tangent here I, and there. I'm very good at interrupting people. I'm sure I'll be great at that. <laughs> yeah, uh, please do that to me. Uh, it's required. Cat is a, a, she's a professional at it. Yeah, that's my title, <laughs> wrangling Johnny. Yeah, yeah. You and my wife get the pleasure of that. Sorry, Cat. That's all right. I'm sorry. It's fine. <laughs> I'm already dragging us down. What are we talking about, Kat? Let's let's talk to Holly about cosplay because that's why we're here, and I'm super excited. So I guess Holly, why don't you tell us a little bit uh, about what you do and uh, where our listeners can find you on on Instagram and any other platforms that they can see your amazing creations. Okay, um, so my cosplay alias is Holita um, on Instagram. It's Holita underscore cos, and uh, I'm a cosplayer. I make costumes for myself. And I occasionally do commissions for other people, um, but not so much anymore because my workload is so dense. It's better. it's easier for me and to kind of restrict it down to just me now. Um, but I do make stuff for other people when I can. Nice. That's awesome. So it must be an amazing creative process because everything would be just a little bit different. So how do you start your creative process? Like, do you, do you have an inspiration or does somebody request a certain character? So what's, what's your creative process like for you? Well, I, I like to look at a lot of different things. Um, I started with a fashion background. So for me to go out and see new things is kind of like something I really enjoy. Um, but in fairness, I, I watch a lot of anime, I play the occasional game, I read a few comics, and then occasionally I'll go and see a movie or something. And I used to be very much like, I used to read something and go the whole way through it and then decide, oh, I want to cosplay that character. Whereas nowadays, I'll literally go and watch a trailer and a character will pop up in the trailer and be like, yeah, I'm going to cosplay that. And I will have no reference photos to start with I just be like I'm just gonna make that and then the regret is real because I spent <laughs> hours having to work out how to make something that from like two reference photos and then I'll finish it and then the film or something will come out and I'll be like oh god it's, it's completely wrong <laughs> um but yeah I I I just I kind of go off what I see more than what I feel towards a character now so I would say I'm more visual than anything else Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't have. That wouldn't have occurred to me. <laughs> well, I think everybody approaches it different, and that's why it's so unique to kind of hear about your process, because I think that's what, in the end, makes it, you know, your cosplay or your creation. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I know some people that, like, they'll have a real affinity for a character, and they will they will create every single outfit of that character, or they really embody that character's personality. Um but I find I, I don't tend to do that. I just tend to base myself on the look rather than the character itself. 
because um, there are some characters that I really like, but I mean, like Lara Croft, she's such an iconic character, but to me, her outfit is pretty basic. So I would avoid that and then go for something ridiculously difficult to make and then sit on my floor at 4am crying, wondering how I'm, the hell am I going to make something, um, which is the story of my life. <laughs> that 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 uh you bring up like an interesting thing that I I would like maybe if you could expand on for us. Um and maybe that is your definition of cosplay because um for me I used to make Batman costumes back in the early 2000s. Um but we did not consider it cosplay. We we did movie replica costumes. Cosplay was a thing at that time where we thought that's something like that like Japanese girls and some guys do over there and but wasn't really in the cultural mindset. Here. So uh, that wasn't to us. And now I've talked to other cosplayers and I've I've had some, you know, back and forth where each one of them have defined it a little different. Some of them have said, you know, it's um, one, don't call it a costume, it's cosplay. And then others say, no, you make a costume and then cosplay is the act of being in, in that costume at a convention or out somewhere. And then others say, you know, no, it's even more than that. It's being in costume and embracing that character and then being that character for the evening. Um, so, one, how would you define it? And then, like, where do you fall on that scale? Do you feel like that's an accurate representation of where cosplay in general falls? Is there, do you feel like there's a divide there? Well, I, I think I think one of the beauties of cosplay is that it's such an open, um, it's such an open hobby. It, it means different things to different people. Um, for me, the difference between co- the, like there's cosplay and then there's costume making and if you make a costume you are making a saleable product you're making something where you have to be concerned about um the inside seams and the finish of it whereas cosplay it depends where you fall on the cosplay on the cosplay spectrum but uh for a lot of people it's just about having fun um so for me, I'm quite a lazy cosplayer and I just do it for the enjoyment of it. So I will throw things together in a short space of time. Um, but equally, I mean, some people really go into the competition side of things. And when you're competing, of course, you're making something that's going to be judged. So then it, it lends itself more towards um, the kind of the costume side of things. But... To me, whether you buy, make it, someone makes it for you, or it's something that you've thrown together from your closet, it's still cosplay as long as um, you have a character in mind and you enjoy yourself. It's about enjoyment, and I think when you, as soon as you stop enjoying yourself with cosplay, then it becomes work, okay. and then frankly, you should be earning money if it's work. <laughs> right. Uh, that's a, that is a fair point. And um, so, where do you fall on the? Uh, the costume versus cosplay like if someone comes up to you and says oh hey that's a, a nice costume like I, I like what you did there are you offended and you're like no it's cosplay not a costume or is, or is that fair for someone to call you call it a costume I can't, uh, if, if anyone says anything complimentary i would just say thank you um well, that's I do the have polite thing people... to do but uh, not everyone is polite <laughs> yeah well i um like for me a lot of people I find, I don't know whether it's the same in America, but I find in the UK is a lot of people who come up to you, if they come up to you and they're a cosplayer, they tend to have a little bit more com- uh, confidence. So they'll just come up and be like, hey, that's great. Um, 
but for other people sometimes they're a bit more nervous so I'm just like yeah that's cool if you think it's a costume if you think it's a fancy dress if you think it's cosplay I'm I'm quite happy um but no I have like in my mind I have an innate difference between say a cosplay and a costume but it's one of those things where it's kind of like to me I look at costumes as things that people make that they might sell that might be on a film set a lot of people who cosplay they do make props and costumes for films and and various events and I think that is costume whereas for me cosplay is when you go and turn up at a comic con or something okay yeah so uh if we're living in the polite world and hopefully we are uh if someone's done something nice hopefully they'll just take the compliment and uh move on yeah like it's 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 not a big deal. <laughs> uh, you know I, what I mean? I, well, I've 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 been corrected <laughs> once rudely and then walked away from like I like oh, I slapped. Wow. I was like, I think I just complimented you. That that's what I was doing. It wasn't well received, obviously. No, I was like, <laughs> look, I, I'm like, hey, uh, there was a very specific costume, and I was like, oh, hey, that's a, a really nice Jawa costume. And cool. she was like, <laughs> she was like, no, it's not a costume, it's cosplay. And got super offended, looked like I slapped her, and I wanted to be like, well, the word cosplay is a mashup of two words, costume and play, and I was, like, going to go into the whole English teacher correction, and I was just like, we've already lost this battle, I'm just going to move yeah, on. Yeah, yeah I'm like, I'm not going to fight this fight with you, you can't even take a compliment, I'm just, I'm going away from you as yeah. fast as possible. I mean, if you think about it, like, what you put on your body is effectively a costume, because yeah. it's not your daily clothes so but I, I don't know I, I think that some people I think some people have an idea in their mind of, of what they want the reception to be to what they wear and I think they sometimes get upset when other people don't meet those expectations um, but yeah for me I, I just go on the basis of if somebody comes up and asks for a photo I'll take a photo if they come up and compliment me in any way it might be the most awkward compliment ever but I'll just say thank you and move on. <laughs> that, that's gracious of you. It's it's just it's not it's not worth upsetting people. I think that's um, you know yeah. for me it's about the community is it has some really good parts and it has some quite negative parts and it's important to focus on the positive and kind of obliterate the negative that way. Yes, and I, I and Kat, that's that's the same in any community, including our you know collective oh, community. We we get that you know. Cat gets a lot of attention sometimes, I'm sure. Mostly she just graciously accepts her compliments and, and moves on. Yeah, I'm mm. not like, oh, yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I do that, I'm absolutely, totally joking. Yeah. So then bringing that along and, and talking more, maybe expanding on the fans, what's the interaction like? Like, is it generally good? Do you get some weird, creepy instances? I know sometimes I get those. Or do you have any, like, really funny or awkward stories you want to share with us? I, um, well... Like when I when I when I if I go back to when I started cosplaying, which was about eight years ago, um, cosplay was not a big thing. It was not popular. No one knew what it was. I mean, I know that in America it's similar, but it kind of came to America before it came to us. Um, so when I started cosplaying, I didn't live in London, and I would um, get on the tube, and and I wouldn't be dressed in costume. I'd be dressed in my normal clothes with all my costume in a bag. Um, because of course my parents had no idea what it was and, and therefore they looked at it with a bit of suspicion and was like, 
what are you doing? <laughs> Please stop. Um, so I'd hop on the train and I'd get changed like on the train and I'd put my makeup on and then I'd disappear off into the toilet and get changed and then come out and sit there and the public's reaction was quite, they were quite like, what, what is this person on? What are they doing? Um, and you get to London and you get on the tube and you'd be the only person in costume and everyone would be, uh, well, there was insults, people were taking photos like behind the glass screens and everything, being like, what is this person doing? And then as you'd gradually get to Comic-Con, you'd get more comfortable because more people would get on the um, on the tube with you. And in the end, it would end up with more cosplayers than people dressed normally, and they would be the minority. And it was uh, it was kind of great. But then you go to Comic Con all day and be really comfy in your clothes, and not realise that there was uh, you know it wasn't normal. So I went to Chinatown, and uh, I was dressed as Inori Yusuriha from Guilty Crown, um, which is a bit of a risque outfit for starters. Um, but me and a friend were like, oh, let's just go to Chinatown for some food. And, yeah, I was walking around the middle of London in uh, a leotard and it was, uh, <laughs> I had some, um, I had some choice words received. Oh, oh my goodness. I, I was imagine. just like, but it hadn't, I didn't cotton on to it until I was like sat down in this restaurant and everyone was like, what, what is she doing? I was like, oh God, <laughs> I'm in costume in the middle of London. But nowadays, uh, I get on the tube. And everyone goes, oh, my God, Comic-Con's on. And they're like, where is it at? Where is it at? And I'll be like, oh, oh, this is good. It's it's kind of jarring because I've got so used to that kind of negative feedback on my way to Comic-Con. And now people are like, oh, this is great. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but as for, like, um, some of the people that follow me on my page, they're really lovely. And when I do any signings or anything, they always come up and find me at the con. And we have a really good chat. So other than that, it's it's pretty damn good. But Yeah, yeah so basically everyone is respectful. And that, that's nice. Yeah, I, I've, I've had mostly good experiences. I mean, uh, without sounding like a complete idiot, um, I'm quite an awkward person. And I seem to attract creeps just normally so i can be walking down the street in a t-shirt and some jeans and i'm more likely to, i've always found i'm more likely to be bothered by people when i'm dressed normally than when i'm in costume i think it's probably maybe how i hold myself um i have a height complex um i'm the shortest in my family and it really carries through in my costumes i it doesn't matter what costume i wear i will somehow find a way to have a heel built into it um, so I'm a lot taller than most people. I tend to be about six foot, six foot two. Um, so when I'm in costume, people are like, oh, she's really tall. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go and upset her. Oh. <laughs> Whereas when I'm scuttling about normally, I'm what? at a more, um, approachable height. <laughs> and what, what, what is now that you've brought it up, but what, what is your height normally? Uh, I'm five, six. What, uh, that's so. like on the taller side for girls. So you're the shortest in your family? I am the shortest in my family. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I wouldn't say I'm bullied for it, but it is, um, one of my relatives one Christmas was like, oh, you didn't grow. Oh my like, goodness. <laughs> well, and you're already trending towards tall. Like my, my wife is. I know. Five, like, three. I'm, we're talking, we're talking like inches. We're talking yeah. like maybe just one, two inches taller. My younger sister is one inch taller than me. 
And when I haven't got my shoes on, she would just walk up to me and kind of just measure herself. And I'm like, thank you. Yeah, give you a little head pat, like, how's the weather down there? Like... <laughs> yeah, literally. Which, you know, this is the thing. I'm not, I'm not miraculously short, so... I have a lot of uh, female friends who are a lot shorter than me, and they're like, how can you have a height complex? I'm like, you don't know. Yeah, that that's what I was getting at. I was like, how are you, like, what? You're, like, tall for a girl. What is going on? So, yeah, so but so when I'm in costume, I'm quite, um, I'd like to say quite formidable in height. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. Um, but it's it's good. It has, it, has, uh, it has its pros, especially when the conventions are really packed, because I can... Uh, you can see over people. You can like barge my way through. Be like, oh, I'm taller than you. Move out the way. <laughs> it's all a lie. Budge over. I'm but, coming yeah. through. And I feel like that yeah. must make having the height must make a little bit more impact for some, you know, some costumes and the way they carry off too. Yeah. Um, well, a lot of the costumes, like in video games, I would say they're moving more towards um, more realistic human, you know, and the anatomy and making people more. Uh, natural length but in a lot of say anime um i really like uh, a manga group called clam uh they did things like card captor sakura which is quite it's fairly well known outside of like the anime scene um but all their characters are drawn like um like fashion illustrations they're all their limbs are like twice the length of a normal person's arm so Especially with costumes with, um, I really like bodysuits and when they've got details on the legs, by adding those extra inches, I can put a lot more detail in. Um, and it looks more streamlined, so, you know, I, I'm a big fan of heels. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Yeah, me well, too. That, that um, the... kind of brings me into kind of another question then, given the fact that you like the bodysuits and everything. Do you have like, a favorite type of cosplay to create, like, or even I like dresses or I like catsuit elements or whatever it might be in it. Is there is there a favorite that you really enjoy putting together? I I I'm I have two things that I like the best, which don't match one another. I really like um really puffy skirts, like bell shaped skirts, and uh, body suits, um like catsuit type things. Um, I would say that my my I. I say in uh, in brackets, my my best asset is my legs. I have like most of I'm people joke that I'm like ninety percent leg, ten percent torso. Um, so I have like anything that I can kind of use the length of my legs to my advantage is is great. Um, so yeah, I but I have this one uh, catsuit pattern that I've used for like the last three years, and I chopped it up. Uh, to use for a costume a while ago and it was I've never regretted something so much in my life because um, it was my go-to thing it was like I don't know what to make oh just make just make a catsuit it'll be fine <laughs> don't know what it'll be but catsuits I, I do like catsuits also um, in the UK it is it's pretty cold um, I mean like I've been walking around with a scarf a jumper another jumper and a coat on today um, so Apart from occasionally in the summer when it's warm, it's not really that warm, so it's like a catsuit. I, I, the problem with costumes is a lot of the time they're not suited to our weather, so definitely catsuits are the way to go for warmth, <laughs> which okay. is uh, means a lot to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, opposite problem here. Uh, it's always yeah, whenever it's you warm. are 
Yeah, whenever you're in a costume, well, especially like with the Batman one, it was like latex bound to a, a bodysuit, so you were just so insulated. And then like a big, mm-hmm. thick, you know, latex mask, you were, it was just sweat all day long. So you could never be yeah. cold enough. It's not nice. I mean, yeah, like our, our con halls tend to be quite warm, um, and then outside is just freezing. So I find it's it's better to kind of try and have like an ambient temperature and, and for our weather, that seems to be the case. Although there was um, a couple of years ago, we did have one convention, uh, the London Comic Con in the summer, where it was the hottest day of the year. So it was 35 degrees centigrade. I have no idea what that is in Fahrenheit, by the way. Uh, that's, that's okay. People... Uh, this is good for me. <laughs> yeah, Kat's from Canada, so... Right, yeah, yeah, so she's speaking your language. It's only yeah. us who are on the wrong system. And I will say that. Yeah. We are on the wrong system over here. So Sadly. It, it, it was warm. It yeah. was pretty warm. And, like, that one time I was I was wearing... Uh, I made this bodysuit out of um, latex and leather. Um, and, yeah, the, the sweat was real. Yeah. It was awful. <laughs> it was so grim. Like... I was just stood there. There's like that awkward pose that everyone who's too warm does. Like you just stand there with your arms slightly raised. Yeah. Just not. Yeah. I was just stood there. I was doing a signing as well, so I was at the booth and I was just stood there in this position. Everyone was like, "Can I take a photo with you?" I was like, "If I can remain in this position, yes, you can." <laughs> yeah, it's, it was awful. Yeah, I've, I've been I enjoyed there. the costume, but it's it's ruined. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I I've been in that. It was you know Comic Con here in. Uh, California and San Diego specifically happens in the summer. So being, you know, it was like 2003, I think I was down there in the Batman costume and just, yeah, it was, I think I lasted three and a half hours in it before I was just like, I don't care. I'm going, I'm going back to the hotel and I'm changing into normal clothes and I'm just going to enjoy the convention as a, a person not in costume. Yeah, like, I, I went to um, Japan Expo in Paris. Um, I was, um, one of the beauties of, of cosplay, of course, is that you meet a lot of people. And uh, I made some really good friends over in France. And then I was like, come come to Paris Expo. So I did. Um, and I brought Diva from Overwatch, which, of course, is a, a cat suit. Um, and I made it. I made it designed for British weather, um, and I got there and it, I I just sweat the whole time. I was just, it was it was the most disgusting thing in my life, <laughs> and I I just kind of um, they had like this one cold room that I just kept going into and just standing there against the wall like pressed against it. Um, it's just it's shameful display. <laughs> like this is where I'll be doing all my photos and signings if you need. Me. Yeah, I, on I, this wall. If you want, if like people are like, where are you? And I was like, I'm stood against a wall. Yeah, I had um, like some French magazine came over to interview me, and they were like, why are you stood against this wall? And I was like, I, I, I just just like the wall. So the <laughs> quote is literally, I just like the wall. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Uh, wonderful. I, 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 it was so shameful. Like I haven't posted it up and been like on my my page or anything. Like check out this interview, guys, because like my responses are just the worst. <laughs> That's really funny. Without the context, it just makes. Do you know yeah. what I mean? 
I just really like this wall. All right, Holly really just loves walls. Great. I just love walls. It's like in uh, Anchorman. Yeah, I love lamp. When the guy's like, I love lamp. Yeah. yeah, I love lamp. That's what I thought of too when you said it. It's like that's the equivalent. Right. Well, so. let's not talk to this girl. She's not articulate. <laughs> no. She loves wall. <laughs> but that makes for a memorable experience. Like you'll probably never forget that. No, no, I, it, it will haunt me to my grave. <laughs> Like maybe on my gravestone, just just put it. Holly loves wall. <laughs> Holly loves wall. All right. Well, I'm gonna be sure to tag you, tag loves loves wall in uh, this post. <laughs> yeah, that needs to be a hashtag yeah. for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but trust me, I, I've I've been there when you find that one comfortable position or place, and you're like, that's where I'm just. I'm not. Moving, you don't understand yeah. how hot I am right now, so this is where I'm gonna be. Yeah. No. I th- I think um that that's uh. That that's like a go-to thing at Comic Con. I find somewhere I'm comfortable, usually with a drink in hand. Um, that was one thing that did shock me when I went to Japan Expo is that they don't have alcohol on on site. You can't you can't buy it. I think you can buy wine, but I'm not a wine type person. Um, and I was quite horrified um, because British cons. Uh, the one thing I do know is British cons are are very very much fueled by alcohol. Oh really. Um, yeah, uh, it, it's it's not inside the con, but like the surrounding area, there's just bars. There's a there's a like a pub slash bar called the Fox that everyone ends up in after the con, or in my case, like halfway through the con, just to end up in there and be like, "Sorry guys, but I'm comfortable now and I found a seat, so um, you can find me here." Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Um. Well, you brought up your your Overwatch costume, and that's. One of the reasons we decided to talk to you because when we were looking for someone, we we wanted to, someone with one some range and you know one first someone who did good work, which we Kat and I both agree we we thought your stuff was great and Kat's actually the one who identified you. Um, but really loved your Overwatch costume. I'm also a big fan of your Merida costume. I thought you did a really good. Thank you very much. Um, my Merida was uh, something that I put together in a day. And, uh, I had, it was, it was a lovely costume to shoot, um, because I contacted one of, um, one of the photographers that I'm, um, friends with. His name is Carl McBean. And he expressed that he wanted to go to, um, the Peak District, which is kind of, uh, one of the more scenic parts in Britain. It's got like a mountain range and it's, it's got forests and everything. Um, and he, he was like, I really want to go shoot here. And uh, it was kind of like a really quickly put together costume, but it turned out really well. Uh, and I hired a car and everything and we went and shot it and it snowed. Um, we had like every different type of weather. Um, but no, I really enjoyed that. That um, it was it was in some ways the easiest costume I've ever made, but it was really effective. Um, and I was really pleased with that. Yeah, it, it came off. Uh, it came off great. Pictures look great, and everyone should go check that out. And on that <laughs> line, um, what are? I mean, you've made if if anyone trolls through your account, which they should. Um, there's a lot of great costumes, but which like which is your favorite? Maybe favorite two, and then like which ones were the hardest, and or ones that you never want to see again? Yeah, or took the. Okay, so my the one that I lo- I do love Diva. But she was, forgive me, she was a complete bitch to make. Um, 
because I had the option of buying uh, a jumpsuit, but I, I didn't want to, um, you know, like you can buy the printed ones, um, but I didn't want to do that. I actually um, I made her because a friend uh, is involved with uh, the running of, of um, like, games events, and they were like, you should really make this costume, um, and if you do, then, you know, you can probably come to this event that's completely booked up uh, for the launch, and I was like, oh, oh, okay, I'll make it. I didn't make it in time because uh, I procrastinated, um, but I made her in two weeks, and it was, she's so difficult to make, I think she had over a hundred panels uh, that I had to sew, but I learned so much from it, but by the end of it, I was um, really sick of her. Like, I love wearing the costume, but every time I think about, like, um, I've had a lot of people message me asking me if I'll, if I will make them one, and the answer is, not, I'm really sorry, but no, never again, um, because it, it really did push um, my pattern cutting knowledge to the limit. Um, the one that kind of took the longest that I really like, I made um, Tetsuya Nomura did um, for Square Enix. He did um, a load of like figure designs for their Play Arts collection. And um, I love Batman, but I've never really found the female characters to have costumes that are intricate enough to kind of trigger my brain in a way that says, you have to make this costume. Um, so I saw his um, Play Arts Catwoman, and I fell in love with it, and I decided to make it. And that was the one that required... I had it used latex and leather and some form of stretch jersey, and the amount of gluing and sewing on that is... There's a lot more to it than it looks, um, but I really like that, that one. Uh, also, it was probably the most fitted costume I've ever made, uh, so it, it fit me perfectly. I'm very smug over that. But it, um, having said this, it got ruined at the con because um, someone, I, I, um, she has this tail that I made out of a garden hose uh, and foam, and I um, clipped it into like the back of the outfit. And just as I was leaving the con, someone trod on the tail, and it kind of like just tore part of the back out. And I was. Uh, I literally walked to the hotel with like my bag covering my ass. Oh my god! <laughs> I know. And afterwards, I'm like, it's kind of like sat in a very sad corner in my flat, and I really want to redo that cosplay, but like, you know, make it up and go and shoot it correctly. But at the end of the day, I'm like, effort. <laughs> Maybe one day it will make a return. Um, but no, those are probably my two favorites at the moment. At the moment, um, because I'm. When I work, every time I make something new, I fall in love with it. And then if I wear it too much, I'll begin to like loathe it. And there's a lot of my older stuff that at the time I was so proud and happy with. And now I look at it and I'm like, oh, that was trash. Um, <laughs> so, right, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think that that happens to everybody, though. I think as you as you advance and get back, you're like, eh, but, you know, that's yeah, just perspective from where you are. But it was still probably pretty good like, I i've seen some that, of stuff i thought it looked good thank you i think it's a really uh i think it's a big thing with cosplay is that you constantly are learning new things 
every costume isn't the same. It's it has new skills that you have to pick up and, and etc. Which is is great. Um, but it does mean often that by the time you finish something, you look at it and think, well, if I'd known all the things I know now when I started, I could have made a better project. But it's live and learn, and and that's why it interests me so much. Um, because I've I've learnt so many skills and uh, funnily enough, like the amount of DIY and stuff that I'm more capable and more confident with now, simply because I'm just used to using filler and and nails and Dremels and God knows what else, which you know three or four years ago I had no idea, I'd just run well, away from it. <laughs> and I think it's the thing, like in any form of design, you always go after. Oh, I if I knew what I know at the end, like you said, it would be so much easier. But then you get three or four more designs down the road, and you're like, yeah, that went be- together so much better. Because you're right, it is an evolutionary process, and you never stop learning, which is so cool. It's it's great. I really it it's what's kept me as interested in it as I have been for such a long time. Um, and it's one of those things where I, I, I kind of like I look forward to seeing my skill, what my skill level will be in, in you know, in several years time. Um, so, yeah, I, I really enjoy it for that reason. Um, aside from the fact that I, it gives me an opportunity co- to collaborate with a lot of people. Um, like, for example, um, I get a lot of my um, I know that Johnny used to do kind of um, casting and molding and that is in some ways probably my weakest area um so i get a lot of my stuff if it's um as long as it's not too big i get a lot of my stuff 3d printed and it's um like i'm literally looking at my diva gun right now it's so nice to kind of work with different people in different industries as a result of the hobby uh, 3d printing has been amazing for costume we, yeah, didn't, ha- we didn't really have that so like for Batman's guns and stuff, like his grapple guns. Like, literally, we'd have people having to sculpt that down to the detail and then pour it with, like, like a hard plastic urethane to get the the proper mold so we could rip proper molds of it. And then, you know, they, they were always brittle. And, you know, such a like long process. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, it, I was going to say, and sometimes they go wrong, like, in oh, my yeah. case. Everything I've ever tried to cast... Something has gone horrendously wrong, and I've been like, "Oh, okay." Um, it's uh, casting things correctly is something I'm yet to master. I'm hoping that one day I will, but until that point, yeah. Nah. Pulling, pulling from a like when you're pulling that pour out for the first time, you're just like, "Please be right. Please be right. Don't stick. <laughs> don't lock up. Please mold. Don't lock." And that you know, yeah, it's a that's the most stressful. But I, I can't sew a stitch, like with the Batman costume. I think Kat and I were going to ask you about this. If you collaborated with anyone uh, for costumes, because it, it's such a, a wide range of skills, you can't do it. Like with the Batman costume, I can do nothing with leather. I don't sew. I don't know anything about it. So, you know, and some of them, there are soft parts that weren't latex. So, you know, we needed help from other people. So a lot of times we would trade yeah, I it's I, I mean I I tend to stick to bec- because my weak spot is props. I tend to actually stick away from things that require things that I can't um manage myself, but definitely with things like um guns and um pretty much any sort sort of weapon. I I have a lot of friends who you know work in different areas and 
often. The thing is, I, I try and go uh, on the grounds that I, I will pay my mates. Even if even if they ask for like mates rates, I'm I'm quite happy to pay people for that work. Um, because as someone who creates stuff, I understand the cost. Um, but a lot of the time, yeah, a lot of the time I do um, like I will make things for people in return for them sending me stuff, um, which is which is lovely. Um, because yeah, it, it makes my costume so much more. I think as well is if you've got different people involved in the making of a costume, um, you get different viewpoints. I think when you're making something on your own, it, sometimes it you get like a tunnel vision. And by having other people involved, it, it opens that out. And equally, there's there have been a few occasions where I've been making something and I've had a friend come over and I've been like, oh, look what I'm doing. And they'll just say, why are you doing it this way? Wouldn't this way be so much easier? And I'll have been like, oh, I didn't think about that. And it'll literally be like uh, the difference between like walking a tightrope and just walking along like a straight path. And I'll have been taking the tightrope route when I could have been doing something so much simpler. Um, I love that. I love that that everybody sees it differently. And sometimes it's just like that refresher you need to get like really motivated and just make things ease into like a nice rhythm, if you will. Yeah, I, I agree. And um, what's what's the one thing? It's it's kind of terrible, but I do actually love kind of last minute rushes. Um, I tend to have at least one friend come and stay over every convention because, you know, people travel and hotel costs are astronomic. And although it's it's not the position you ever want to be in making a costume the night before a con, uh, or finishing it up at least, is that if you've got someone who comes and sits with you and has like a the same sort of problem, it's like you have that support. I think that's that's kind of one of the greatest things about the cosplay community is there is a lot of support from people who also make stuff. And like um I tend to I buy myself a lot of wigs. I just buy wigs all the time um, because I think, oh, that one's nice and it's on sale and I'll probably need it in the future. But I know a lot of, like, I've lent out a lot of wigs and I know that um, a lot of people tend to lend stuff to one another, which, you know, makes the experience so much nicer. Um. Yeah, I, I think um, I think the sharing is great. I know, like, when we were doing our Batman stuff, that... It really solidifies the community too. It it helps you make a bond with people aside from just the lending. You just you know, it just ties everybody together and makes the community that much more. Yeah, and I agree. Do you find um, you know, you go to a lot of conventions and stuff, and you said you've made a lot of friends. Um, do you find how do you find the cosplay community? Is that like what got you into it, or was it the love of costumes? What kind of drew you? Well, I, um, it actually, actually, how I got into cosplay, I got into cosplay, like, it was something that floated around my life without me realising it. Um, so when I was quite young, I was in an airport, and, uh, I was in Italy, actually, and, uh, this whole group, I think they were LARPers, but there's a whole group of people just dressed in costumes, they, like, marched through the airport. And I remember, like, stopping one of them and was like, what? And they were like, oh, we're doing this. And it didn't, you know, cross my mind. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I was really interested but didn't know what it was. Um, 
And then, um, well, Tokyo Pop used to do, uh, they used to go to various, like, bookstores for the launch of, say, a new comic or whatever, or anime, or manga, that's the correct term. Um, and I went to one of them, and I, I used to be into Lolita, uh, fashion, so I, I just went dressed in that, and everyone was dressed in costume, and I was like, oh, uh, you know, this is really cool. And some girl said to me, oh, you know, you should go to Comic-Con. Um, so the first Comic-Con I went to, I just I just hopped on a train and I went and I turned up and everyone was in, you know, costume. And I was like, I need to do this next year. Um, and then I couldn't for reasons. Um, and then I, I ended up, when I managed to go, I was like, it blew my tiny mind. I was like, oh, my God, I have to do this all the time. Um, and I made a few, like, originally when I went to college, a lot of, I had a lot of mutual friends with similar interests who so we all used to go to Comic Con together. Um, but there's people that I met in a queue, people that I met in the pub after, and then um, what happened mainly for me was I made friends with um, a couple of photographers, and they pretty much took me under their wing, and they were like, oh, come to this party, come to this event, and they went and introduced me to everyone in the room and some of these people were um like a particular cosplayer uh it's called tiger lily cosplay um people should check her out because she is her stuff is amazing um and i was such a big fan of hers and then to get to meet her and now now i know her quite well and, and she's cool um but it's interesting how you meet people that you kind of like looked up to and then you gradually become friends with them and it um, it's one of those things where every year I go, I make more friends, and it's really lovely. The only trouble, the only problem with cosplay is, is that you end up with loads and loads of friends who either move away or they're from a different country, and then it's like juggling your your work life and then your social life. It's it's like you've got so many people that you want to spend time with, but even at the con, I don't have enough time to see everyone. I kind of just have to run, I run around the con like a, um, headless chicken looking for people I know. And yeah. I'll like hug them and say, hi, hi, hi. Oh, I'm sorry. I've got to go. Bye. Um, yeah. So it's, uh, but I, I do enjoy it. And, yeah. uh, I was going to say, it's very much like that in the video game community too. You meet people from all over, especially when you meet them at conventions. And then the only time you can gather are at the big convention. So like when you see them, yeah. It's like yeah. a constant, like, one, trying to enjoy the convention, but then also trying to, to meet up with everyone. Yeah, it's fun time. Yeah, I mean, I, I made uh, I made friends with a girl from Japan, and she stayed over for a few months, and then she left. And she, I think she was, in a way, like, the first person that I'd made friends with who then kind of properly left. And um, because when I say bye to people, I'm like, oh, I'll see you soon. And um, we were in, like... We were at the tube and I just burst into tears because I was like, oh no, I'm never going to see her again. I, I have actually seen her again. But <laughs> it's like, um, you know, all, all, all my, um, all my friends in France, like, when are you coming back? And I'm like, I don't know. I really <laughs> want to, but I don't know. Um, so it's like, uh, it, it's, um, it's bittersweet, I would say. I think that's the word for it is, but then again, with social media and everything, you still, can be in touch with people it's just it's so nice to actually you know get to see them in the flesh but it is uh you do have a limited amount of time true yeah and 
That that is very true. And also, it sounds so much cooler saying, "Oh, I've got friends in Paris." And in the United States, when you're calling friends, you're like, "Oh, I've got a buddy in Montana." <laughs> it's is, not that, as it's not got a nice well, ring to it. No. I think, like, I've never been to America, and I really, really want to go. Um, but I think I think it's maybe because you're. Um, Though every state is different, I think it's because you're all kind of attached. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, uh, yeah. We're for me, all... it's, it's it's a case of like getting on a on a train underneath the channel or getting on a plane and, and going across. Um, but no, it's um, it's really lovely, and you get to it's in a way you get to experience like different people's cultures and everything. Like when I was in Paris, everyone kept on trying to do le bis, which is the when they they kiss both cheeks. Oh, okay. And yeah. I don't mind that, but they were all like, oh, no, she's British. Don't do it to her because she won't know what to do. So there was, like, all these, like, awkward, like, half hugs. They were like, I, I don't know whether to hug you or what do we do. Um, not to mention, like, uh, the guys do it to the guys in, in France. It's like uh, there's no concern over that, whereas, like, over here, it's not a thing that two guys would do together. So it's quite no, that's amusing not happening. to watch. Yeah, that's not happening here in America. Like, oh, um, but yeah, I think no, it's, it's a pleasure. I think awkward half hugs could be the title of my memoirs. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but, that would be a good title. Yeah, yeah, better I, than I'm, Love's Ball. Yeah, <laughs> I I think I'm gonna steal that. Um, I I know Cat's. A, I I think Cat had some more design questions. Cat, did you have some more? Did we cover it? I. We covered a lot of them. I think what was fascinating for me is just kind of to hear all about your process and like how you started designing and how you design. And I, I think that hearing about the collaboration is really neat too, because I was looking at everything. I was like, I feel like this must be overwhelming. So I think we covered a, a lot of it. You were so, you were such a good guest in terms of just like really being able to, to tell what your process is, which is really cool. Thank you. I'm, I'm very flattered. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we've we've run up against what is our normal time bumper, and it's we're having such a lovely chat. I hate to to be like, well, that's it. But uh, in respect for your time and and for cats, um, let's wrap it up a little bit. But yeah, um, I know you were telling us earlier that you have the London Comic Con coming up, which I think is awesome. That falls on Halloween weekend. So have you revealed what your costume is for that, or I'm sorry, your cosplay have, for that? I haven't announced my costumes, but my costumes are, um, the first costume that I'm wearing on the Friday is, uh, I think it's pronounced Aon, it might be Aeon online, okay. I'm not entirely sure, um, it's, a, it's a Korean um, um, MMORPG uh, that I played a few years ago, and like... The interface isn't that great, but the concept art is absolutely beautiful. So that's what I'm wearing on Friday. On Saturday, me and a friend, are, there's a film that came out recently called Kubo and the Two Strings. Yeah, we know and Kubo. It's, uh, I'm we're cosplaying as the two sisters, um, which is kind of like my Halloween kind of, um, you know, really like, so I can be creepy. And then uh, on Sunday, I'm hoping if I can get it finished in time, um, there's a Final Fantasy Aeon group. Um, so I'm doing Anima. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar. She's like, yeah. she's like the one with all the uh, the chains, and she's very gr- grotesque looking. And I'm doing a kind of um, 
slightly more elegant uh, Jijinka of hers, if I can get it done in time. If not, I am going to um, rewear. Uh, I did Hysteria Alice from uh, Alice Madness Returns. Oh, um, okay, that's, that's my favourite video game. game. Yeah. I, it's my favourite video game too. It is. I want it on PS4. I don't know why they haven't like transferred it over because I have cravings. Um, but if if that doesn't pull through, then I will wear that, and there'll be lots of blood and body paint, and it'll be it'll be a hot mess. But I do love that costume, so that's yeah. uh, that is my lineup for Comic Con. That's a good lineup. Event. Yeah. Well, we yeah. look we look forward to pictures. This will probably air actually on Halloween Day is when we'll throw it up. So. it's no spoilers here everyone will already know what you did excellent well everyone will then see if i if i ended up changing my mind (laughs) all right i do i do like alice she she's comfy as well which is is also that's also well i'll be interested to see your pictures i'll be tuned in to see which ones you you end up going with thank you very much well thank you so much for coming on you've been a perfectly lovely guest um please tell us again where we can find you and like what you're doing, if you have anything to to shout out or plug, please do so. Okay, um, right. Well, my cosplay name is Holita. You can find me on Facebook. I'm on Twitter, but I barely use it. And then my Instagram is Holita underscore cos. Uh, I'm doing signings all weekend at MCM, but as this will be around that time. Um, and um, what else have I got to say? Uh, Shortly, I'm going to be doing a video with a Sunel film, and it's going to be like a cosplay cutscene type of um, specific to a, a costume. So it's going to be like a short film, but in character. But I'm not saying which character yet. Okay. So, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Great. Well, when we get closer to that, send me a message, and I'll be sure to, to shout out the project. So yeah, we'll that. share it so everybody Thank can tune you. in. Yeah. Thank you very much. Well, it's been my absolute pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you very much. I've really enjoyed myself. Great. Yes, thank you. Thanks for joining us, and it was great to hear about all about your process. Cool. All right. Thank well, you. Thanks for chatting with us, Holly. You have a, a good day, and uh, have an excellent con. Thank you, uh, and have, have a great rest of your day, because it's like evening here. Yeah, it's e- evening. Just yeah. Well, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's awesome right now. It's early morning for me, it's afternoon for Kat, and it's evening for you, so we've got all of the represented times in a day covered. Cool. <laughs> Right. Have a great day. All right. Bye. Thank you. Bye. All right. She was a really interesting guest. I really enjoyed that conversation. I really did too. I find the whole process fascinating and I love just uh, how much passion she has about what she does. Right. Also, is her accent amazing or was it me? No, it was definitely amazing. It's just like sometimes you get those British accents that are a little bit harsh, but hers yep. was perfectly lovely. Yes, no, it was that was an awesome guess. It was certainly something I found really fascinating to hear about. Yeah, me too. That's uh, like I could have talked to her for a lot longer. I wanted to be respectful of her time and uh, your time. But yeah, I could have definitely listened to her talk for just talk, just whatever. Read the news. like a, <laughs> You don't care. Just just read me a story. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'm big on that, too, because I listen to a lot of audiobooks. People are like, it's got like a weird voice thing. No, guys, I like audiobooks. Mm-hmm. That's where this is going. Okay. Um, yeah, it's nothing, nothing beyond that. I, I like people with a pleasant voice and who are, who would be good readers. So that's what I was thinking. Okay. Um, fair yeah. enough. Really pleased to have her on. I hope everyone else enjoys that as much as we did. 
And if not, well, then we still really enjoyed it, so whatever, right? Exactly. And we didn't want to bring her in for the second half of the show because we didn't want to ambush her with, like, what games are you playing? Because she does play games, but, you know, she plays games casually. Uh, probably a little more than casually. Like, she's not your super cash, but uh, we didn't want to bring her to, the, like, what are you playing? What have you bought stuff? Especially since she's not a collector. Right. So, let's me and you just do this part. Okay, sounds good to me. All right. Uh, what are you playing? I've been playing Minecraft like a crazy person because apparently when I'm not designing things, I still want to be designing things. <laughs> right. You have just been on this Minecraft train for a long time here. I know. Well, I, I had a little break in there for a little while, and then I couldn't figure out what to build. And then I was like, well, I can do this and this and this. So now I feel like I have a big list. So I I think over the next coming weeks, there's going to be a, a few hours invested in playing Minecraft. <laughs> Did you look at some of those Lego instructions? I did. I, I want to do one of the ships, I think. Um, I just kind of have to figure out how to make it happen. But I think the idea of it seems like it translates over well to me, in my mind anyway. We'll see how it works in, in reality. Yeah. Uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean ships are really good. There's also the Imperial Cruiser ship, which is really awesome. That's like the biggest pirate ship Lego did. Okay. And then, a lot, then they just have a bunch of generics out there but the actual pirates of the caribbean lego ships were quite awesome despite what you feel about the movies or anything the ships were sweet okay that's awesome yeah I, if i'm gonna do something uh, most of the stuff i've been building is quite intricate and elaborate so i'd like to do something that will keep my interest so to speak yeah so i'd say like that imperial cruiser are those for sure the other ones are a lot less intricate okay well that's good then maybe i will start there <laughs> okay so that's what you've been playing I haven't been playing anything. I Look, I, you guys have noticed I've been, like, really crappy about posting even my Halloween picks. I just, I've been so busy. I'm in the middle of so much stuff that by the time I get home, I'm, like, trying to finish other stuff. So there's just not even been a second for games. I did get to play an awesome digital pinball machine in Portland, though, so that was cool. It's like a stand-up pinball machine, like a virtual pin. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so instead of, like, being out, you know, like a typical pinball machine, this thing goes up. Oh. And, uh, it was digital, and boy, did I want it. And how was that with the different uh, orientation? Like, did, did that factor in, or did it still feel like a pinball machine? It still felt like pinball, but I think the the angle... Well, the one thing you miss is they've got, like, the, um, you know, the little LED um, display, the dot matrix display, except... Uh, Instead of being, like, instead of the DMD being below where you can actually see it, it's kind of up above your head, so that's that's lost a little bit. Okay. Um, so that that's, like, one negative, I'll say. And then the other thing is maybe the angle is a little too inclined. Like, I could have, like, maybe rocked it back, like, eight degrees. Okay. And I think that would have made, just because, like, I, maybe I was standing too close to you because, like, people were crowding around. Maybe I needed to like extend my arms to use the flippers but right um yeah yeah and i probably did need to do that but i felt like i was like kind of having to tilt to look up rather than just being able to kind of take it all in but it was really cool like the build quality was interesting and it's really slim and the form factor on it super awesome so if you didn't have like a lot of room in your house that was the other thing that appealed to me this thing does not take up much room it's like maybe 15 inches deep and then like you know a foot and a half wide oh that's really cool i like yeah. that idea for just like you said use of space yeah yeah it was awesome and it also did play arcades 
Okay. So, like, what it does is because it's got, like, a 32-inch LCD that's standing, you know, up and down rather than, you know, horizontal. It's vertical. Yeah. So, but what it does is it crops it to a 4 by 3 screen, which most of the arcades were anyways, and just kind of puts it in the middle. So you have black bar on the top and bottom, which isn't the greatest, like, but if you only could have one main cabinet and... You know, it will act as a main cabinet and a virtual pinball. So it does some double duty. Oh, that's really cool. You'll have to uh, shoot me off the company information because I think that would be awesome. Yeah. Unfortunately, they're like $3,500. Well, that's okay. And then, the, yeah, well, and the build I was looking at was like 42 because it actually had like a digital plunger and it had like the nudge switch so you could nudge the pinball machine and that would work. Because oh, one, cool. one didn't have the nudge and I was like trying to nudge it and I was like, what? what is not... Because I just played the one with the nudge center, and it's like, oh. Right. That one doesn't have a nudge center. I was like, oh, bleh. This sucks. Well, and I feel like that's a reasonable cost, too, because if it does pinball and your arcade games, I I feel like that's really, really cool. Yeah. uh, Like, $2,500, I'm super sold. $3,500, I'm like, well, yeah, probably still maybe down the line after, like, I kind of lock in my last couple of collections here. But, yeah, it was really cool. That's what awesome. I played. That's what I played. That was, they had so many arcades at Portland. So I, I mean, I did walk around to a bunch of arcades. They had a su- the sweet, like, giant X-Men, like, cabinet as a four or six player. It's whatever it is. It is oh, Yeah, we had one of those. We bought it and then it didn't fit in the house. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's tremendously large. Yeah, yeah, it was huge. We bought it. We got it home and it didn't go in the house. So we sold it. Right. And, uh, yeah, you were probably lucky to sell it. Like, we were talking about that. Sometimes those things go relatively inexpensively because people are just like, if you can get it out of here and take it, I just want it gone. Yeah. It, yeah, you basically need a room for that thing. Oh, absolutely. And if you need to get it sort of through any sort of, like, hallway or corner or turn, it's impossible. No, you need, like, a roll-up door. Like, that thing has to yeah. live in a garage. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, it it totally does. It it has to be something, or you have to have a walkout basement that you have like sliding double patio doors or something. Yeah, exactly. It, those things, it's ridiculous. Anyways, but it's a, a lot of fun to play on that thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, amazing and really fun for like having people over. But uh, that's all right. It's a cabinet for another house. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, that's what I did. I I played arcade. So it's not that I didn't play anything. I've just uh, haven't. I want. I'm in the middle of Resident Evil and I want to get through and beat it but I haven't haven't had time. Uh, you get there. I hope so. Halloween's well by the time this comes out it'll be Halloween. I'll have either failed or succeeded by then. Well, I guess we'll know one way or the other. <laughs> yep, we'll, we'll know next week. Yep. Stay tuned. Um all right, what'd you buy? I haven't bought anything. Oh no, that's not true. Oh. I I did buy a skin on Minecraft. <laughs> you bought a skin. <laughs> that counts. Come on now. Oh, come on. Sometimes well, you need different blocks, okay? They need to look different. <laughs> I I would actually judge you for that more harshly, but I completely understand that, actually. Yes. Sadly, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense to me. I'm like, yeah, of course you need your blocks to be different. Sometimes I just need to switch up from, you know, like been playing in one skin for a while, and then I feel like sometimes I want to build different things, but I don't like it in the skin it is because it's too modern or it's too rusty. It's a designer problem. Yeah. I have problems. <laughs> well, no argument for me. It's all right. It works for me. That's all that matters. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. Hey, no one is arguing with you. Settle down, lady. Settle Too much down. caffeine today. All right, you are. You're pumped up. You're ready. Cat is ready. To yeah, fight. late at night. <laughs> Wait, yes, late into the night. 
right. late into the Canadian evenings. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, okay, so what did I buy? I bought an F-ton of Wii games. An F-ton. Just so many Wii games that if they fell on me, I would die. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I was a little bit like, okay, when you text me that picture, so, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I've more than doubled my Wii collection, and I know for most people, they're like, okay, so if he more than doubled the Wii collection, what's a Wii collection? About 12 games, so he bought 12, maybe 20 games? <laughs> no, no, sadly, my Wii collection was large. It was at just under 500 games, it was like 450. And now it's at like 1,050. Yep, you bought a lot of games. Yeah, I bought over 500 Wii games. Yep. Yep. So that's what I was debating, and that's why I didn't want to spend a bunch of money in Portland, because I knew I was going to come buy these. I got them, look, they were packed great. The seller was giving me a great deal, and he was a a huge Wii collector. And I really couldn't have made a better purchase as It's a really great deal on, on price per game. Games all came in great condition. You know, it, he couldn't have been easier to work with. So getting all these games in one lot like that, while I spent kind of more money than I wanted to spend on Wii games, really pushes me close to a set if I decide to complete that, which being like 250 games away, I probably will. You know, so it it was a purchase that maybe didn't make sense, but I feel good about it, especially after seeing the way they arrived and, you know, knowing it came from another collector who really cared about the Wii games. It wasn't like just some reseller. This was a guy who was passionate about Wii collecting and unfortunately had to get out of the hobby. Okay, well, that's good. So then it was a really good buy and it will give you, you know, another set. Right. Well, it'll it'll get me close. And unfortunately, the 250 I need remaining are... They're harder to find, and they're all a lot more expensive than what I'm currently in on on games. I'm like a thousand games deep on this system, but my average cost is about $5 a game. And that includes several that I bought at retail. Like I bought over 30 games at that retail price point of like $50 or more. So this is going to be, you know, keeping, you can imagine what my games cost if my price point at owning over a thousand Wii games is $5. Yeah. Which is still, I feel like, a very low price per game oh, average. Oh, yeah, it's super low. I don't know if that's the lowest price per average that I, I have on a system, but, it, I mean, I think it should be. Like, yeah. Once we, I mean, but that's going to go up drastically with these last 250 because all these games are like $20 or more games easy. Yeah, but still, even if they do go up, I still feel like at the end of the day, you'll probably end up with a good average still, and it'll be worthwhile. Yeah, I think uh, I think the average will stay less than ten dollars a game, which yes. I think is is pretty good. Um, and that's like one of the things we we're going to talk about in the show. I know we've had some guests and we've kind of had different kind of topics. And you know, part of what we talked about when we established this is we would talk about what it costs to complete sets. And that, I, I think we want to do one of those episodes. I have all the numbers set up for the Super Nintendo where I can tell you exactly what it will cost you or what it would have cost you as of numbers about a month ago to complete a Super Nintendo set. And and then I can also say, by contrast, what it cost me by being in early and how drastically those prices have risen. Yes. And we can kind of point you at some of the most expensive Super Nintendo games and some things to look for.
I yeah, know. I think those tips for something to look for are always good things to have in the back of your mind. If there are sets that you're going after or systems that you like. Right. And, well, and I think that uh, our podcast offers a unique position. As you and I both have sets, we can – and not even just that we have sets, but that I've compiled so much data as I've collected on, like, what it's cost. And then I have – I'm aggregating several different websites on their prices to tell you what the set is now. So it's not just like price charts. It's not just game value now. It's not just eBay. I'm going through all of those. I'm going through price data on all three of those, creating more realistic averages. Yes. So, you know, and you can use that as a, as a comparison point. So that versus what I actually spent, we can, we can kind of see what the data tells us. And I think, That's awesome. And I don't think many other podcasts can do it. So hopefully you guys find that interesting. If you guys are like, that was the most boring thing ever. Maybe we won't do another one, but. That one's in the works and probably coming here in the next week or so, or not week or so, month or so. Yes. All right. Uh, that's all I got. That's it. I think that closes us out. Yeah, I think that closes us out, too. All right. All right. I'm just going to keep repeating what you say, so go. Okay. So, okay, so. Um, we'll fill you in on where you can find us. You can find me on Instagram at Catsylvania, K-A-T-S-E-L-V-A-N-I-A. And Johnny, where can we find you? You can find me at Johnny. I can't remember. Is it Johnny dot or underscore? I think it's underscore. Johnny it's underscore. underscore. Yeah, Johnny underscore Iucci. And uh, that's J-O-H-N-N-Y underscore I-U-C-C-I. See, the problem is I've had both dot and underscore. And now and they are through several different accounts. They're different. So I'm always like, wait, which one is it? <laughs> and my old man brain can't can't do it anymore. That's all right. I'll keep it straight. I can tell you what I paid for my kid Nikki though back in 2006. <laughs> but I can't remember any of my social media logins. <laughs> That's right. Oh, uh, you should uh, see when I have to re-put in a password. Oh boy, what a chore that is. <laughs> well, just try not to forget things then. <laughs> the struggle is real. <laughs> the struggle is real. All right. Thanks everybody for listening. Cat, we will talk soon. All right. All right. Good night everyone. Thanks for listening.